You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. If as great as he is, he's a guy that's tough to have on the floor at the end of games because he can't shoot free throws can't really shoot, period. Great to have you on today's podcast. If you don't like that, before we get to today's guest, today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. And remember, their expert technicians are available to you 24-7. And again, really have appreciated the emails and the messages via social media saying thank you for me mentioning New Works Plumbing and for them sponsoring the podcast. Really enjoy the positive feedback. So thank you very much. Again, just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X-Plumbing.com. Raise your hand if you had the Phoenix Suns playing the Milwaukee Bucks in this year's NBA Finals. It is game one, and here to break it down, it is the one and only Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, how are you, sir? You know, doing great. Uh, really looking forward to the Finals, uh, no question. Of course, <laughs> it's uh, about time we have the Finals before uh, uh Winner sets in. Sure. Well, I got to tell you, you know, the voice of the Phoenix Suns, who you know very well, Al McCoy is 88, and it makes me wonder, why the hell you retired at your age? You had at least another good 10 years left in you. Well, I might have had about another two or three mediocre years <laughs> left in me, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think Al has a little, kind of like uh, Gary Gerald. They're a little more talented than I am, but I definitely, yeah. uh, uh, you know, my, I'd lost a full step, no question about it. Isn't that amazing that Al's still doing the games at age 88? I mean, and he's, listen, he's sharp as a wit. You and I, we love talking to him every time we see him, and he's still going strong. It's remarkable. It really is. Some guys can just simply are more talented and can do do things. Uh, you know, it's like the great Chick Hearn, you know, how well he lasted. And, of course, uh, Marv Albert, you yep. know, I mean, uh, of course, he could have still continued for a few years, but... Yeah, just special talents, you know, there's no question about it. I really love doing it, especially working with you and, and uh but but also I know it was time for me to 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 move on to whatever else is next. You've made a great point over the years about the draft, and I used the Phoenix Suns as a great example. In 2016, they had the fourth overall pick and took Dragon Bender, basically a bust. The following year, it was a bust. They had the fourth overall pick and took Josh Jackson, big-time bust. That was the year that the Kings took the Aaron Fox at number five. Then three drafts ago, they took DeAndre Ayton at one. Definitely not a bust, definitely a guy that has helped them, but you know, I think if the draft were held all over again, Luka Doncic would go number one and here they are 
in the NBA Finals. It's pretty remarkable how they've gotten here, isn't it? It really is. I mean, and, and you look at, obviously, a major star. I mean, Devin Booker, I was, I think, 13th or 14th pick. So, uh, you know, again, Mikhail Bridges, later lottery-type pick. And then, of course, you know, that's how you build teams is with uh, drafting well. I mean, of course, the Golden State Warriors is a great example of that, but but also then adding free agents and trades. And, of course, uh, adding Chris, Chris Paul was, of course, the cherry on top, you know, and then, of course, the development of, as you pointed out, Aiton wouldn't go number one, but he's really good. Yes, he is. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's one of those things to where probably they don't really regret their decision now because with their overall team, uh, probably Aiton does more for them than Luca would, it, you know, since they got Chris Paul still. Well, and the other point is, I think it's such a myth when you hear fans say, well, gee, this city, this franchise could not attract free agents. The reality is no one wanted to go play for the Golden State Warriors until they hit a couple of drafts, got really good, and then everyone wanted to go play for the Golden State Warriors. Hey, when the Kings were rolling in the early 2000s, a lot of free agents wanted to go play for the Kings. Good players wanted to sign on with the Kings because they felt that they could win a championship. I mean, Chris Paul, all right, the Phoenix Suns, were they a great team? No, but I think he saw that he could make make a big difference there. They had some stars. You talk about Booker, you talk about Bridges, you talk about Aiton, and he was kind of, as you said, the cherry on top of the cake, so to speak. It seems like all the pieces have really fit well. And, and boy, how can you not be thrilled to death for Monty Williams based on what is what he's had to undergo in his life? He's done a remarkable job, has he not? He really has. I mean, he, he's always been an outstanding coach, but I, I think it's, it's become apparent to everyone. Even last year, uh, you know, I think it was pretty apparent, you know, his leadership ability, certainly one of the uh, premier elite coaches in the NBA today. And, and you know, it's going to continue. Uh, and I think that's what we have in the finals. I think uh, Coach Budenholzer was getting a lot of criticism early and now not so much. It's like these are proven guys who, when they have enough talent to win, win. And that's all you can expect. All right, let's talk about this series do you feel that Milwaukee can beat Phoenix if Giannis Adetokounmpo does not play? I, I don't. Uh, I think he needs to be able to play at uh, close close to his best level. Now, having said that, I, I mean, I, I think there were some things about Giannis that that aren't so positive, as great as he is. He's a guy that's tough to have on the floor at the end of games because he can't shoot free throws, can't really shoot, period. That's just one of those things that makes it a little tougher. I think we saw when Giannis was out how well they could play with Brooke Lopez playing more in the post and, and you know, letting Middleton and Drew Holiday have bigger roles. And, boy, they certainly uh, proved they could handle it. So, uh, if anything, I think that probably the, the Bucks are probably a little better prepared to win because of that experience, but I think they need Giannis. I think they need Giannis probably to accept maybe a little bit lesser role to where he doesn't try to score quite as much and becomes a little more of a, a, a draw-and-kick guy because he draws so much attention and find other people and ball mover at times. You know, I, I've always thought, uh, you know, in his case, 
he'd become a 20-point scorer instead of trying to be a 30-point scorer, I think actually the team might be better. What about the matchup? You talked about Lopez, you know, more of a perimeter center and the way Aiton plays. Talk about the matchup with the big guys in this playoff series. That really is going to be interesting because I do think with Aiton, he he is uh, one of the rare centers that can go out and play people. He's very athletic. I think we saw that with Jokic uh, in that matchup. I mean, not that, you know, obviously Jokic had the stats and all, but I mean, Aiton's one of those guys who can step out and guard wings uh, pretty well. I think probably other than Rashawn Holmes, he probably, of the Kings, he does that better than any center in the league. So that probably will, will be okay for the Suns on that particular matchup. Do you think Devin Booker is somebody that, well, obviously we know he's the number one weapon for Phoenix, that backcourt of him and Paul, but when you look at this from Milwaukee's perspective, you talk about Coach Budenholzer, how would you plan on trying to, you can't stop him, but neutralize him somewhat? What would be the game plan there? Yeah, I think that's going to be the real question. Uh, You can't put Drew Holiday on two guys. (laughs) Uh, Right. You know, I mean, as a coach, you got to, I mean, I I think probably they'll try to spot him at different circumstances. I can see Holiday in in key situations, maybe on a a booker uh, when you know that when you feel like they need to go to him. But I think overall, I think maybe the key really to the whole series could be the matchup of, of Holiday on on uh, Chris Paul. And and I think Holiday is one of the few guys in the league that can make it tough on Chris to just keep him from getting to the places, you know, that we've seen. I mean, he is a marvelous at just getting to the spots on those mid-range shots and stepaways. And, and I think Holiday can make it tougher on him in that regard. And yeah, but Booker and Paul, they're both a problem. And I think Drew Holiday is the only guy that can maybe solve one of them. Do you think the Phoenix Suns are as good as a team that, you know, again, we're accustomed to seeing the NBA Finals. Again, we know about the injuries to the Lakers with Anthony Davis. We saw what happened with the Clippers with no Kawhi Leonard. When you look at the Phoenix Suns, how good do you think they are? Well, I think they're good enough to win it all. I, I mean, I think, you know, this is has been such an unusual year with the injuries. Honestly, I, I really think the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard are the best were, were the best team I saw really at the start of the playoffs. They got themselves in holes, but they got out. I, I just thought defensively and with two major stars and certainly Reggie Jackson <laughs> looked played like one. Right. Uh, I, I thought I thought they they honestly could, probably full strength would would have been a little better than any team left, but uh, that that's all part of it. I mean, and certainly there's no one in America that's surprised that Kwai's hurt. I mean, he's hurt a lot. So that's been the case. So uh, certainly the Suns proved it during the year with their record, the uh, second best record in the league. They truly deserve to be where they are. That is a great point. You know, they they, they didn't come in as a, a five, six, seven seed. They were a number two seed. And not only were they a number two seed, they were, you know, with Utah for most of the year at number one. So, uh, you know, I think that's a good point. You know, when you play 72 games, normally 82, but 72 certainly enough, you can't get through a 72-game su- season on a fluke. No, exactly. And just like uh, the Clippers beating Utah, I mean, it's they were the, they really were the better team, even though Utah had the best record. But I think the Suns, just had a little have, have better balance, and I mean overall, and I think that may be why they might have the advantage over the Bucks. I think a little more depth, 
a little more balance. But I, I think it could definitely be a seven-game series. I'd hate to have to put money down. Uh, you know, of course, sure. I hate to bet on anything. Well, again, but if you look at these two teams, and again, you know, with or without, you know, Adetokounmpo, which let's face it, that, that would make a big difference. But do you give an edge to Phoenix in this series? I, I do. I think they're better offensively. I mean, it's just one of those things that, that they're the best offensive team. And I, I think the Bucks are going to have a tough time, a tougher time guarding them. Obviously, they could guard the Hawks much better than I think they're going to be able to guard and defend the, the Suns. I think there's just a lot of weapons. And, and so, so much of it will come down, I still think, to the, the Drew Holiday potential Chris Paul matchup. If Chris is able to get to his spots and make things happen, the Suns, you know, might have a pretty easy time of it. But I, I don't believe that'll happen, and I think that's why it'll be a good series. This is the first time that you have been on this podcast since Dallas went through a major overhaul in terms of front office and coaching. Did that surprise you at all? Yeah, sure did. I mean, I knew there were waves on the lake, so to speak, but uh, it did surprise me, especially, you know, the Donnie Nelson thing. I Here's a guy who'd been with them through all the great success and and certainly the Novitsky Doncic situations a lot of it attributed to, to Donnie so that surprised me we know Rick Carlisle's a great coach and I I think uh, you know Indiana didn't wait long to bring him back I mean made perfect sense but sometimes uh sometimes change is needed and I think with Rick Carlisle I I, I could sort of see that I I, I don't know that it's one of those deals. It's like in Portland, uh, getting changing with Terry Stotts. I don't think Dallas or Portland have has improved their their coaching situations, but they they might have needed a different voice, you know, and that may work to some degree or another. One thing about Rick Carlisle, I mean, he's been very good wherever he's been. Uh, he did a marvelous job in Detroit. We know about Indiana. We know he won a championship in Dallas. Now he's back with the Pacers. Did that surprise you at all? You know, really didn't. Once they had an opening and, and Rick was available, I, I, I almost would have been surprised had he not, because I know he has some good relations there, and, and certainly he did a great job there. And I, and I think it's a job that probably had more key injuries than just about any during the season, and that that could be your next, that could be your Atlanta Hawks or Phoenix Suns of next year. That team, if they uh, you know get T.J. Warren and all those guys back back healthy i think uh so that could be a uh it'd be a good it's a it's a good fit for both for for the pacers and rick carlisle something else you've always said repeatedly you don't become better by losing good players and not replacing them you know we saw what happened in, in the eastern conference finals i mean bogdan bogdanovich made Atlanta a better team. That is not debatable. It's not arguable. You've talked about Boston, some of the players that they lost, high-caliber players, and lost them without receiving anything in return, and look at where they are. I don't understand why that's so hard to comprehend for fans. I don't either. I mean, in other words, people will often say, well, that's a Gordon Hayward, for instance, the Celtics. Well, that's too much to pay for Gordon. Well, it may be, but uh, you don't get better by losing him. Right. <laughs> you know, right. and, uh, and I mean, and when teams pick up free agents, often to do that, you've got to what most people think is overpay, but all they're doing is giving up money. 
as opposed to other assets or picks or things of that nature. So, uh, you know, like I say, when you lose a Hayward or a Kyrie Irving like the Celtics did for very little to nothing in return, don't be surprised when you're not as good. I mean, even a situation there, you know, where you can have a sign and trade uh, situation, at least cut your losses. You sure. know, even if you get 70, 70 cents on the dollar, you're better off. I always thought the Milwaukee trade had it went through for the Kings, for instance. Uh, the Vincenzo uh, yes. is a, a nice young player. And if you had gotten him for, for Bogdanovich, uh, that would have been fair. You know, I mean, you, you'd have felt like you came out with an okay. Not equal, but sure. okay. Well, uh, I'm not saying that the Kings would have been the Atlanta Hawks had they signed Bogdan Bogdanovich, but to me, I'll take him over Buddy Heald in terms of winning more games. And listen, I said this on multiple rants and multiple podcasts. Monty McNair deserves three solid years of doing it his way and putting together this team. And there are variables that go on behind the scenes that maybe we're not familiar with. But again, I just don't understand when you're not very good to begin with and you have a player that's talented like Bogdan Bogdanovich and you get nothing in return for him. I'm with you. That doesn't make you better. No, it doesn't. I mean, it's one of those things where the argument always becomes, well, if you pay him that, then look, you've got these kind of problems. Well, uh, problems with good players and and assets is better than, uh, you know, having problems because you don't have enough good players and assets. And and certainly it allows you, in my mind, I mean, I'll just throw this out. If you would kept Bogdanovich, for instance, then that makes trading Buddy Heald even easier because you could feel comfortable taking less. Good point. Uh, yeah. And I mean, and I think sometimes you have to look at that. I mean, in other words, uh, when you have fewer assets and you have to feel like you have to get, you know, dollar for dollar value. But but I mean, when you don't need a particular one, but you could look to, uh, say, trade a guy for maybe uh, just a fit chemistry wise or personnel wise, you know, you have that you have that availability. And I think generally speaking, that's what you see with teams, the better teams in the league, and uh, where we're, that's what they'll try to do. And, I mean, I think you look at, for instance, the teams in the finals. Well, uh, why are they there? Well, Chris Paul joined as a free agent, Drew mm-hmm. Holiday, in Milwaukee. Now, would those teams be there without those two guys? No way. Of course not. And the teams that lost them, uh, Oklahoma City and New Orleans, did they get better by losing those guys? Hell no. Uh, of course not. No. <laughs> yeah, not so, good point. I mean, it's, sometimes it's just that simple. I know that you know you're not a guy that's on social media, so but I'm sure you've heard that two weeks ago, Marvin Bagley liked a tweet, basically saying he needs to get out of Sacramento, and then he removed from his bio on a social media account Sacramento Kings. It's not on there anymore. And the notion is that he doesn't want to be associated with the Sacramento Kings. I don't know why else he would remove it. That has now officially become a big headache for this organization, has it not? Oh, no, no question about it. It, it. it is one of those things that probably for Marvin's future and the Kings' future, they probably need to separate. It's just a not a not a happy marriage, and and I mean I think it's a case. I think Marvin can be a very good player. I really do, but I think it it it's probably not going to be in Sacramento, and and of course the injuries would determine a lot of that, not just talent. But I I think the Kings uh, they can get a deal that makes sense for him. And I mean, and that's still the key. That's what they, they would really uh, be better off. And, and I mean, they're in a situation, I, I think, 
whether with a draft pick or and Marvin, if if there's things you could combine to get a young player that fits what you need to get yeah. better, uh, that may be a direction you need to go at this stage because just taking a 19-year-old draft pick, if that's all you're going to do, doesn't sound very encouraging to me. You've done many deals over your lifetime. How do you gauge the market value of someone like Marvin Bagley? You just said you think he be, can become a very good player. The key word there is think. Injuries have certainly been a huge part of his young three-year career. How do you how do you determine his market value? What is it? That's a great point. I mean, I think the only way you can is to talk to every team in the league. Basically, get some idea. You know, you try to do it as as quietly and and as confidently as you can. But but I mean, until you talk to every team, and certainly some there may be some that have a good bit of interest. There'd be some that have no interest, and that's fine. But you get some idea what you could get. Now, are you going to at this stage of Marvin's career? Can you get uh, the second pick in the draft for him? Well, no. Uh, that that ship sailed. But you're you're exactly right. What you need to do is is find out through the draft what kind of future or value he has in this current draft, or uh, combine with players you know, what it would take to get someone else that you feel like might be a better fit for the team. I mean, until you know what other teams are needing or looking for valuing, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how how you could ass- assess that at all, really. Last year, the Kings did very well in the draft, picking up Tyrese Halliburton at, I think it was number 12. And if the draft were held all over again, he would be, uh, you know, in the top few picks in the draft. I know you watch a good amount of college basketball. Do you have a gauge on this year's draft? Do you think it's pretty good? I think it's, uh, I do. I think it's pretty good. I think there's some guys, at least the top of the draft, I don't know how deep it is. I've heard more People that are more experts than I am think, think there's going to be a lot of good players in it. Uh, you know, and there always are. You know, I mean, there's always guys, as we just talked about, a Devin Booker. Uh, you know, there, there's always going to be that guy, uh, Tyrese Halliburton was 12th. I mean, who who's way better than that. So that will happen. I, I mean, I kind of look just what little I've watched. I mean, I do think Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State should be the number one pick. And I think he has a chance to be really special uh, in a short time. But there's only one team going to get him. Now there's some <laughs> other guys, right? <laughs> you know, that that might actually be a little better of, uh, early on differently, you know, whether it's, you know, Mobley or Green or Kaminga or Jalen Suggs, who, who I certainly like a lot, uh, too. I don't think any of those guys will miss. I'd be surprised if they miss. Now, how many is going to be stars? That, you know, because all of the it's always the same old thing. Boy, this these five guys or four guys are going to be sure stars, and we know that that just doesn't happen that way. And and that somebody fifteenth or eighteenth or twentieth, uh, you know, I mean, we saw the MVP this year come from a second round pick, Jokic. And uh, the previous MVP, uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, was what, like 15th or 16th. <laughs> There's always stars there late. I was just talking to a guy the other day, uh, the kid uh, out of Baylor, Davion Mitchell. I really think it's one of those guys that is probably going to go later in the draft. And with the right team in the right situation, I think he, you know, he might really surprise people. He, you know, to me, he's got a little Donovan Mitchell in him, mm-hmm. who also went late. Uh, later than he should have so it'll be interesting i mean for the kings they have to you know if you're nine and you have to take the pick you're just hoping for another quality 
player like a Halliburton, and, and there'll be one there. I always say it's not the number that you get, it's the player that you get. That's what's important. Well, you know, you talk about the Kings. Uh, they have a big decision to make on Rashawn Holmes. Again, another player that, you know, if he leaves, you don't get better. I mean, that, uh, so I, I'm very curious to see what they do there. And you and I, I think, talked about this right at the conclusion of the season is how well the Kings played without De'Aaron Fox. Now, I'm not insinuating that they're a better team without Fox. That's not what I'm saying. But that was just kind of puzzling to me, and I'm trying to figure out how this is all going to fit together now. Yeah, it, it was a little puzzling to me as well. And, and I'm, you know, I think Fox is just a, truly a, an emerging major star, potentially. But I, I think it did kind of expose a little bit sometimes when, when uh, De'Aaron is playing you know, at his level, sometimes uh, uh, really enough other players aren't involved. I think for Luke Walton, it's one of those things that has got to be worked out better. And I, I'm kind of outspoken in the fact have been since early in the season. And I, I think the team in the half court is much better with Tyrese Halliburton really controlling the offense. I think he gets more people involved. And, uh, and I think that takes some pressure off of Fox to where he can score uh, as much and maybe do it more effectively, you know, with the ball in his hands even less. And and I think it's it's those kind of things that probably, uh, you know, for for Coach Walton, I think that that has to probably happen for the team to make any kind of major strides. And like say Fox is, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that can go get you 25 every night. But it, it, if you can get those 25 on 17 shots, that's way better than getting them on 21 shots. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked your math. Uh, that's French Lick Indiana math, is it not? Yeah, it is. That's, uh, that's, one, of the, <laughs> that's one of the few things we learned down there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a few things. All right, so I need help on one thing here, all right, because I got my Crowd Ultra questions, Q&A, and I know you listen to the podcast. So I want, oh, you, yeah. to, I want you to answer this question from uh, Josh. He says, who do you think is better, better career, Coach K or Coach Calipari? Oh, <laughs> I, Coach I mean, K. Yeah, right. Thank Coach you. K. Not, not close, right? Oh, that's not even a debatable okay. question. Well, I'll tell you, if you ask some of these Kentucky crazies, I know what they would answer. But I, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that's not even close, Coach K. Uh, and the one thing that I've always found amazing at, is that, you know, Kentucky's got one national championship, I think, since 1998. And it was 2012 with Anthony Davis. I'm amazed how a program like that, which gets the best players year in, year out, has one national championship since 1998. I find that just incredible. Well, the thing too is, uh, is along that line is, I mean, Coach K uh, won five championships at Duke. They won zero until he got there. Last time I checked, just about everybody that's coached at Kentucky has won a national championship. Whether it's been Rick Pitino, of course, Adolph Rupp won four, Joe B. Hall, uh, of course, uh, Calipari, uh, uh, Tubby Smith. So winning championships at Kentucky has been kind of a regular thing for the most part, as you said, less regular late. So uh, I think Cal does an awfully good job, but uh, no, he's no coach K. Him in the co- in, in the coach K category, it just isn't. It makes no sense. All right, so your bag's packed. You got any uh, trips to uh, uh, French Lick, Indiana this summer, Jerry? I mean, what or is it just a little drawn up and down a tile? What's what's the summer like for the Reynolds household? <laughs> Well, right right now, just kind of the Tahoe jaunts, but I am going back to uh, to Indiana 
probably late September. Okay. That's my plans now, unless, you know, unless something else happens, but, but, uh, yeah, that, and so I'll, uh, get down, spend some time in, uh, paradise and maybe check on, plan on maybe trying to track down Larry Bird, see if he's, hey, he's not French Lick, but track him down and see if he's still there or down in Florida, who knows. I just hate to get on a commercial flight though, Grant. I'll tell you what, those years of uh, charters. Oh boy. Uh, totally spoiled me. And, and if, if I never, you know, if I never flew on a commercial air, airplane again, I'd be okay with it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You're unbelievable. I mean, I, my life will, could, could work, you know, work out just fine if I just staying right here in Placer County. Well, I'll tell you, if you're not going to get on a commercial flight, it's a long drive to Indiana, and if Larry Bird's in Florida and you're going to see him, you know, well, well have that's fun. why they have. <laughs> hey, that's why they have phones. You know, <laughs> that's you right. know, you, it's a ama- it's an amazing thing, and then. You can just communicate with people uh, without having to having to leave your <laughs> leave your home, and uh, and just like this interesting discussion we're having, I'm here in my man cave, and life can't be any better now. Well, it's always good talking to you. I really appreciate you breaking down the uh, NBA finals, and of course, uh, everything else going on in the NBA. Man, it's always fun to catch up with you. Well, it's fun to catch up with you, and I'll be looking forward to the finals and be looking forward to uh, catching up on the rants and the podcast. I'm a little behind on the podcast, pretty pretty caught up on the rants, me and my son Jay. With, that's, uh, we, we consider that a highlight, pretty much like going through <laughs> Seinfeld episodes. Oh, wow. 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 I was mentioning the <laughs> Seinfeld. Putting you up there pretty high, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. we, we rate you higher than George Costanza and, yeah. and Kramer anyway. Well, I'll tell you one thing. My bank account can't compare to Seinfeld, all right? So we're a little off no. in that department. <laughs> no, it can't. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Always great catching up with Jerry. It's now time for our Crowd Ultra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, sign up, and maybe I'll answer your question right here on my podcast. Tim wants to know, should have Chris Paul have left the Clippers earlier? Hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't think so. I mean, he had a very good team there. Uh, they had Blake Griffin, they had DeAndre Jordan, they just couldn't get over the hump. They had teams that seemingly should have gone further past the second round, and they weren't able to do it. But should have he left earlier? No, I don't think so. Mark wants to know, does it bother you when athletes publicly air their dirty laundry with their employer? Yes and no. I mean, every circumstance is different. I can't just give you a blanket yes or no on that. I think A lot of times, yeah, I think it's unnecessary. I really do. Certain situations, I'm okay. I think you have to judge it on an individual case. Josh, we answered your question from Jerry Reynolds about Coach K or Coach Calipari. I don't think there's any question that Coach Coach K would be uh, the answer there. Keith wants to know, do the Bucks or Suns win the title? I'm going to pick Phoenix here. I think, I think I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. Ben wants to know, did you expect Otani to be able to play both ways at this high of a level? No. I mean, he's absolutely unbelievable. He really is. Uh, and I did not expect that. Uh, good for him. I mean, what a, I mean, he, he's worth watching. I'll tell you that. He really is. Jason wants to know, is the team that stays the healthiest winning the NBA title? Yeah, you could look at it that way based on what we've seen In the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, uh, you could be spot on. Andrew wants to know, why do you think Barkley and Shaq 
continue to work at TNT. First of all, they get paid a ton of money. Second of all, it's fun. It's a great platform. It's great exposure. And again, they make a lot of money. And so to me, those are the reasons. Very simple. Uh, Brian wants to know, would the Kings be a good destination for Kevin Love? No, I don't know why the Kings would want Kevin Love. Sam wants to know, what's your take on Trevor Bauer's allegations? All I know is what I've read. I'm going to wait for the investigation to be done uh, before I make any comment because I don't really know what the real story is. I've only seen social media messages, text messages. I shouldn't say social media, text messages uh, between the two. Just going to wait and see uh, where this plays out. Joe wants to know, should the NHL allow players to play in the 2022 Winter Olympics? No, I don't think they should. Brian wants to know, do you ever watch Hard Knocks? You know, I watch Hard Knocks all the time. I watch it every year. I think it's a great job that HBO does. So, yeah, I do watch HBO's Hard Knocks, and I think they do a marvelous job. Hey, if you want to ask me a question, just go to CrowdUltra.com. It takes a minute to sign up, and I do thank you for your questions. It's time for Rant. 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 Today's Rant is brought to you by the Home Theater Company, audio, video, and home theater. Just go online, hometheatercompany.com. Hey, what's the sense, what's the purpose of having rules if you then break the rules and complain about the rule? The point being is, if you're an athlete, you know the rule before you take part in that sport, do you not? We're hearing about some Olympians, we're hearing about marijuana, and gee, that's a stupid rule. doesn't matter if the rule's stupid or not, if the... International Olympic Committee has the rule and marijuana is on the banned substance list, then don't participate in the Olympics. You know, if you don't like the rule, you have two choices. Either don't participate or follow the rule. You can bitch and complain and say, gee, that's not right all you want, but those are the rules. Again, I go back to this year in the NBA. Luka Doncic, Mark Cuban, bitching about the playing tournament. Then LeBron James saying whoever invented that should be fired. Why are you complaining about it in the middle of the season when it was voted on at the beginning of the season? I mean, everyone knew what the deal was before the season began. Why complain about it? Reggie Bush, Chris Webber. Reggie wants his Heisman back. Chris wants the banners restored at Michigan. They broke the rules. They knew they were breaking the rules. And in Reggie Bush's case at USC, he now all of a sudden wants his Heisman Trophy returned. Chris Weber, who not only took hundreds of thousands of dollars from booster Ed Martin, but lied to the grand jury, was charged with obstruction of justice. And now because of the new rule in the NCAA with name, image, and likeness where athletes can now make a profit, Chris thinks that it's just fine and dandy. And what he did back in the early 90s was fine because now they're changing the rule. What the hell's wrong with these athletes? Seriously, what's wrong with these people? You're going to change the system? Then change the system, but then don't bitch and complain when you break the system. Everyone knows the rules. 
Everyone knows what the deal is. Again, Olympic athletes, they know that there's a very stringent policy on certain substances. Everyone knows that. All right? Don't put anything in your body that you're not sure about. And when it comes to marijuana, you know, don't take it and then say, oh, gee, I can't believe that I can't participate in the Olympics because I tested positive for this. It's on the banned substance list. It is on the banned substance list. If you don't like it, don't participate. Very simple. I don't understand all this complaining and bitching and moaning and, oh, gee, it's this, it's that. It's the way it is. Either change the rule or abide by the rule and stop bitching. And if the rules changed, like Reggie Bush and Chris Webber, it doesn't mean what you did when you were at college is okay. You broke the rules. You knew you were breaking the rules. And when you break rules, there are consequences. Shut up. It's ridiculous. And that's my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. Hope you had a fabulous holiday weekend. Don't forget to check out my rants over on YouTube. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. It would really mean a lot to me if you just take a moment and rate the podcast. Thank you very much. Make it a good one. Thanks to Jerry Reynolds. And thank you for listening to If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.